0: What can I let's you, O oh us for your grace I taken to you, I bring my sacrifice of grace For your grace has done it again Your grace has taken me through Oh Lord, your grace has done it again Oh, come on Gracious one, I bow down to you Gracious one, I bow. What can I offer? What can I offer to you, O Lord? For your your grace has
1: taken me.
0: How many of us are grateful here? We bring our sacrifice. sacrifice For your grace grace has done it today. Oh, truly has to be the economy. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. faithful. He's still faithful. He's still faithful. Everybody say, you're the one.
2: Was so to What can so i a Give me now you
1: I'm nina
2: Acontra minha ye Sóba faz I'm home to you I want in him so to Inimsauba ya I come in you I mean my stream my na
3: <speaking in German> yeah. I a high-pulu mix, the leading studio of the moment. I'm a at. you UK you canada <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> My initial, the one in Oh, Pulu, to
2: I'm not down you Have you done na I'm your Can
1: we
2: You we know anyone? i i of you
1: not
2: Come komi I am again. only one. i for the enemy. Bama, you chewa I'm not oh. going I'm not
1: going
2: to a I'm to me a It's me
1: easy,
2: I never would have you. And Gaza, my and my I am not to be a different my mother. I need
1: that We got
2: that, my get you my Tell me when I'm smeddu Ah Tell me I'm Tell me when Tell me when i me 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 I do anything, one that's my
3: I I you but I'm going to for the last.
2: Yeah, yeah, we. And yet they say, oh,
3: We. Ah Masam nemenyum Yami shia papaya sapu Kunchire Bibi a nye rade Ah Tienyumi ibi Esa uh, nyami son Masa mwasa Kukwashi a izayama Baba kunu nsi nene Tienyumi aigua nyo
2: you are forty. Pull up. Some of
1: this
2: love I have
1: for
2: you. Hello. I didn't know you this way, but come crossing I'm I and I look at and you.
3: Go and Subscribe. What a war? I I'm a baby. i Pull the mix. no the 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 the
4: Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom afternoon, people of God. Shalom afternoon, church. Please, I believe you are all doing well. Glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus, I thank God for your lives, by the special grace of God myself and my family, we are doing well, the Lord bless you, and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, Amen, please kindly share the link, share the link and invite your friends and loved ones share the link and invite your friends and loved ones the Lord has a word for you this afternoon that will transform your destiny in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus there is a word that the Lord has for you and it is a word for your lifting in the name of Jesus Share the link. 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 If you are not sharing the link, you are not doing well. Share the link. Some of you have never shared the link before in your entire life on Lunch Prayer 5. Share the link. The Lord bless you and favor you all in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. All right. All right. All right. Today is a day of glorious blessing that the Lord has purposed for his people and one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about today I began to hear grace 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 today is a gracious day and there is so much grace that the Lord is going to release on his people this afternoon in the name of the Lord Jesus Hallelujah. There is so much grace that the Lord is going to release on his people. And I believe strongly that you will be a partaker of the grace of God, in Jesus' precious mighty name. You will be a partaker of the grace of God, hallelujah. Now one thing I want all of us to understand is that the grace of God is what helps us to become who God has destined us to be. Everything that surrounds our lives is according to the grace of God. Hallelujah. There is nothing that we have received that did not come to us by grace. There is nothing we are walking in that did not come to us by grace. Are you following? Everything is by the grace of God. Now one thing we need to understand about the grace of God is that when you hear of God's grace, it does not mean Your hands are in your pocket and it is working for you. Ask him. You are not doing anything. That's the problem we have in the body of Christ now. For example, when you see a worship leader leading a moment of adoration, sometimes they say certain things like, you know, um, some people are dead and gone but we are still alive and it's because of God's grace, it is true but what you are trying to say is that those who are dead God did not release grace to them Are are you getting the picture here? so sometimes When you see somebody walking in a certain dimension that you are not walking in, you ask the person, "said, oh, it's by grace, oh, it is true. But then, concerning the one that is also asking, it makes it look like then God is a biased God. Why is he giving you grace and he's not giving me grace? It is because in our minds, we think that the grace of God is just... Something you have you don't work for then God gives it to you Then you should give it to everybody because we all don't want to work So why then is it that if it is not something you work for why is it that somebody has it and we don't have it Is that not the question you ask yourself? So you see, that is what has brought a certain misconception about the grace of God. Hallelujah. And this thing has also gotten to a point where there are certain people who also trust in their own strength. When they do something, fact, I have heard certain men of God who say certain things like, when you see somebody doing something extraordinary,
0: the Holy Ghost sent from
4: it is not that God loves him more than you. And they went further to even say that it is not grace. I believe some of you have heard that before. So now, if it is not grace, what then is it? The person will say, it's my own effort, my own discipline. It is good. But we keep confusing believers. Because somebody will say, everything that we achieve, everything we receive in life is by God's grace. But another man of God is also saying that when you see somebody doing something extraordinary, it is not even by grace it is the person's own discipline so which one should we believe are you getting so now many believers are confused about the when they hear grace they get confused when they hear the grace of God they get confused because at a point, when we think grace is something that just comes upon you when you have not worked for it, you will see a man of God prophesying and he's a man of God. How come you are going into such depth? Say, oh, it is just by grace. Oh. Meanwhile, you too, you are also called into the prophetic. You are not going into that kind of depth. Why don't you also have that grace? The problem is we just have, we don't understand what the grace of God is. Hallelujah. And it is my prayer that the Lord will grant us grace in Jesus' precious mighty name, amen. So what then is the grace of God? What is God's grace? What is grace? In fact, when we read the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible says that for we are saved by grace through faith we are saved by grace through faith it is not of our works lest any man should boast look at that so according to this word of scripture the bible is differentiating your works from the grace of god letting you know it is not your works but it is the grace of god the bible says that when you think it is your works you will boast And that's what many people do now. You boast, Charlie, I did it too. I did my own thing. I did my own thing. Putting aside the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I made a statement that there is nothing we receive in this life that is not according to the grace of God for you to really understand what the grace of God is, there is a verse of scripture that I want you to take note of. In the book of John, chapter 1, John chapter 1, Verse 14, John chapter 1, verse 14, listen carefully to the way John put the scripture. John chapter 1, verse 14, John said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld the glory, the glory that is as of the only begotten of the Father. And that glory was full of grace and truth. Now, I've already told us that it is like somebody giving you a fruit. Now, you are, when you see the fruit, you, have, you are beholding the glory. The fruit of everything is the glory of that thing. Are you following? It's like somebody giving you a fruit. And holding that fruit, you are able to see what is inside the fruit. Or... You just divided the fruit. And when you divided the fruit, what you saw were two things, grace and truth. So the fruit is the glory. But the glory, which is the fruit, is full of grace and truth. So there are two things that make up the glory, grace and truth. Are you listening to me good now listen the truth is the Word of God and the Word of God is normally known as the seed the seed so the Bible spoke about the parable of the sower he went to sow the seed And the word of the Lord said, The seed is the word of the kingdom. So when you hold the fruit in your hand and you open it, you will see the seed of the fruit. That is the truth. What about the grace? The grace is also another dimension of the same seed. But this time around, the grace is the beginning force that is in every seed let me explain further when you hold a seed in your hand it has the potential the ability to become a forest but you will not see it like that you will only see it as just a seed that is in your hand your ability to see beyond that which is only in your hand and see the forest in the seed is what grace is all about. Are you following? So grace actually becomes the beginning, the source, the beginning of every good thing. That the Lord will start.
0: I see the spirit of the Lord.
4: Every good thing begins with grace and in grace. Take note, if there is anything that has a beginning, then that thing began in grace. In fact, Paul made the statement made a statement in the book of Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 listen to what Paul said Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Now, listen whenever you hear the word grace, think of calling. Whenever you hear the word grace, think of calling. And I want you to understand something about calling calling is not ministry. Every human being that is on earth, in fact, everything. Is called. Let me explain how calling began. Look at what how the NLT put it. He said, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. You see, so the grace of God actually called Paul before he was born. So the grace of God begins before your mother conceives you because the grace of God links to calling. And what is calling? The calling of God is actually the strategy that God places on everything for that thing to fulfill a purpose. So, I've already explained that there is a purpose for everything. God made all things for purpose. But then, that purpose will not be fulfilled in all things in the same way. For example, there are some of you listening to me. We, are, we all have the purpose of revealing Christ. We have all been called to reveal Christ. That is our purpose. But the way, of our revelation of Christ is our calling. So myself, I will reveal the Christ that is in me through ministry. Somebody will also reveal Christ through government appointments and positions in, in governmental areas. Somebody will reveal Christ at the economic sector. Somebody will reveal Christ At the health sector, so where you have been placed to reveal Christ is your calling, and that calling, according to the word of God, is by grace. So I want the I want the next verse. You look at how Paul said it. Paul explained his calling which was given to him by grace. Verse 15 and 16 of Galatians chapter 1. He said, verse 15 he says, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. So whenever you hear the word grace, think of your calling. And I've explained the calling. He said, Then it pleased him. And after it pleased God, He called me to reveal a son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. Hmm. When you read it from the King James, he says, when it pleased god who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that so the revelation of the son of god in us is our purpose that is the general purpose of everything not every human being everything in god's creation even the stones we see on the floor they were made to reveal christ Christ is the reason for all things in this world. All things were made for him, by him, through him. Everything is revealing Christ. But we are all revealing Christ in different forms. The form through which you reveal the Christ is your calling. But the revelation of the Christ through you is your purpose. Now Paul is now explaining how he was revealing the Christ. He said, God called him by his grace to reveal Christ. That is the purpose. How is he going to reveal the Christ? He said, that I might preach him among the heathen. So in the revelation of Christ through Paul, the calling was that Paul would go to the Gentiles and preach the gospel. That is the reason why the assignment of Paul was only among the Gentiles. are you following I'm trying to say something that will bring you understanding good so the grace of God let me tell you this without God's grace you don't have any calling And I've already told you, your calling is the strategy that helps you to fulfill your purpose. And your purpose is simple, to reveal Christ. Anybody, whenever somebody asks you what is your purpose on earth, tell the person, is to reveal the Christ. Are you listening to me? It is as simple as that. If the person goes further to ask you how are you going to reveal that Christ, now the person is asking a question of your calling. Maybe, oh, in in the prophetic ministry, like myself. But then, without it is the grace of God, it is out of God's grace that we have our calling. So God, in his wisdom, has purpose that all things will reveal Christ. That is the eternal purpose of God. That everything will manifest Christ. But then the grace of God began to apportion the realms or the dimensions of revelation to all things. So that the mountain has what it is doing to reveal the Christ. And that assignment given to the mountain to reveal Christ in its special way is by grace. The
1: spirit of the
4: Lord. So whenever you hear of grace, think of calling. And listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. The Bible said the callings and the giftings of God are without repentance. The reason why when God calls you, he does not change his mind is because it is by grace. Are you listening to me? So grace is older than every calling. Grace, it is older than every calling on this earth because it is by grace that we are even called. Now, After understanding what grace actually is, there are what we call dimensions of grace. Dimensions of grace. So if my calling is to be a prophet, and through that prophetic office I will reveal Christ, I I have understood that, My calling was brought forth by the grace of God. So it will be the same grace that I would need to fulfill the calling. Are you listening to me? But when I receive grace and I begin to walk in my calling, there is something I need that will keep my calling in check so that I will not miss what God has called me by his grace to do. That which will keep your calling in check is what we call the truth. The truth. For example, it is easy to know that you are called to be a prophet because God has already graced some people who will speak to you By grace, what God has called you to do by grace. (laughs) But then walking in your calling, you would need something called the truth so that you will not divert from your calling, and whilst the grace has opened your eyes to know your calling, the truth will keep you in check whilst the grace of God will be increasing for you to walk in your calling. And when you come to the place of fulfilling your calling, at that point, it is called glory. Are you following This basic understanding, there are what we call dimensions of God's grace. Once you get to know what God has called you to do, understand that He has called you by His grace. Walking in it to fulfill it is by grace. you following you need to increase in the grace of God now the Bible said something 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 2. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Listen to what Peter also said. 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Peter said, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace. He said, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So there is something we call more grace. Are you listening to me? There is something we call abundance of grace. There is something we call multiplication of grace. How then do we walk in the abundance of grace, in the multiplication of grace? The Bible said, through your growth in the knowledge of God. That means that the more you grow in your knowledge of God, the more you receive more grace. And you are receiving the grace to fulfill your calling. following now the grace of God is the ability of God that helps a man to fulfill his calling it is an ability in fact It is that dimension of God that helps a man to overcome sin. Are you following? Listen to something that Paul said. That many people have taken it in a different way. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 Romans chapter 6 verse 1 Romans chapter 6 verse 1 listen to what Paul said he said what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound why is Paul asking this question Paul is asking this question because of what happened in Romans 5, verse 20. Romans 5, verse 20. Romans 5, verse 20, Paul said, it's a Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. The law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Mm-hmm. That God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Now you see, there is a link here between the grace of God and sin. The Holy Ghost sent from so, some people have misunderstood this word, and they say, "Oh, then we we'll continue to sin so that so that God's grace will increase." You just lack understanding. You don't understand what the Bible is saying. Say, "Oh, anytime I sin, the grace of God work." You are wasting your calling. You are wasting your destiny. You don't know. Do you know what the grace is coming to do? Because there is something that sin does to you. God will not take his calling back. No, but sin can weaken your calling to a point where you will be useless in this world. So the grace of God will be abandoned so that what sin wants to do to your calling, the grace of God will clear it off and now empower you to walk in the calling. That is what God's grace does. Are you listening to me? It is why you need to understand this, that you need, you need God's grace, I'm telling you. Because every single thing you do negatively in this world affects your destiny, even though God has forgiven you. God, he forgave you on the cross when Jesus died. So once you believe in the Lord Jesus, the forgiveness of God is on your life. But let me tell you something. Even though you're God has forgiven you. It means you don't have any problem with God. But you can have a problem with your destiny. It will be difficult to fulfill what God has given to you if you continue to sin. Are you listening to me? God does not hate you. That is the reason anytime somebody tells you when you sin, God hates you, the person is lying. That person has thrown away God's word. It's an insult to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But you see, you need to understand life proper. Because some of you, the message of salvation you received has troubled your life. The way they preach the gospel to you, they thought you were just believing in Jesus so that you will go to heaven. And that's why you don't have depth in, in your understanding when it comes to the matters of life and destiny. We did not get saved so that we will disappear and go to heaven when Jesus comes. That's not the purpose of salvation. Are you listening to me? Then at the very day you believed in the Lord Jesus, no, then the heavens will open and then you are gone. But when you believed in the Lord Jesus, you are still here. And look at the way your flesh is fighting with you. Sometimes the things you want to do for God, you can't do. Love no power. hear me please good is he okay now nice one nice one nice one so you see Sin came so that we will not be able to reveal Christ, but grace came so that we will be empowered to reveal the Christ. Can you hear me please good amazing so grace came so that we will be able to reveal the Christ now the problem is this I've already told you when we're talking about the chemistry of God I told you how man was originally made and I've I helped us with an understanding that man was made with pure gemstones, and according to the word of God, we were made with pure gold. Now, this pure gold is not like the gold we know on earth. The gold we know on earth is like yellow. Is that not so? But when you go to heaven, there's a certain kind of gold that is like glass. Now, you can read it from the book of Revelation chapter 21, verse 18. Revelation chapter 21, verse 18. The Bible said, And the building of the wall of it was of Jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto glass, unto clear glass. The city, according to the word of God, there is a city, which is the city of the living God, which is known as the New Jerusalem. The Bible says that the walls of the city was like jasper, and the city was made of pure gold like unto a clear glass. He said the wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold as clear as glass. So there is a certain gold that is like glass. It is not, <laughs> are you getting my point? It is gold, though, but it is like glass. What it means that it is transparent. You can see through it. That is how man was made. In fact, if you want to go into details to look at this city of the living God, which is in heaven. In the same book of Revelation 21, John said something about that city, which is the New Jerusalem. John gave us what and who the New Jerusalem actually is and who that building is. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 2, Revelation is 21, verse 2, John said, And I saw, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Now, listen to this part, he said, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The NLT says, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. What? Like a bride. Who is the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ? That is the church, which we are. And he's now explaining and telling us how that city looks like. In fact, the other time when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he said, you are the light of the world. Then immediately he said another thing again. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. What is he trying to say? He's linking us to the city. Jesus was actually looking at the city of the living God that is yet to come out of God from heaven, which is the new Jerusalem. And the Bible said this new Jerusalem, which is the city of the living God, is like the bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Hallelujah. Can you all hear me, please? Oh, my God. If I want you to jump to verse 9. When you jump to verse 9 john said something he said "Whilst he was seeing this beautiful city dressed like the bride one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues talked with him saying come here i will show you the bride the lamb's wife and he carried me away in the street to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city Look at that. So the new Jerusalem actually is the bride of the Lord Jesus, and that is the church. If can I say something? <laughs> in fact, in heaven, God sees us like a city that He dwells in. God, He sees us like a city that He He dwells in. Oh, amazing. And the Bible said, when the angel said, come, I want to show you the lamb's wife, the bride of the lamb. He took John to a tall mountain and he showed him the great city. I said, yes, this is the lamb, the lamb's wife. Look at that. I'm saying all these things for you to understand that human beings, we were originally made like glass, but that glass is not the glass we we know on this earth. It is the heavenly gold, the pure gold in heaven. So when the Bible says that the street of the city is made of pure gold, it is not yellow gold that we see here on earth it is glass. Oh, amazing. Now, that nature, that beautiful gold, which is pure glass, clear glass, that is how our bodies used to look like when we were in the Garden of Eden. That is how our bodies look like. And it was made purposely like that for the revealing of the light of God, which is Christ. So that when the light of God shines on us, we will reflect it to the other parts of the world. But now look at your body. If I throw light on you now, the only thing that I can see at your back is a shadow. The light cannot pass through you. You were a transparent being, but now you have become an opaque object that casts a shadow when light is thrown at it. Are you listening to me? It was not supposed to be so. So now, there is something we need in order to, for this body, which has become an opaque object that light cannot pass through, but rather casting a shadow. If that, if this body has been destined to reflect light, then there is something we would need. Else, it would be very difficult for this body to reflect light. I, I don't forget my point. That which we need for this body, as opaque as it is, to still reflect dimensions of God's light, is called grace. <laughs> this, is, this is because whenever we sin. Our bodies become more opaque than it used to be and the more it becomes difficult for us to reflect light this is the reason why the more we sin and become more fleshly the grace of God must abound else there will be no revelation of Christ through us and if that one happens our calling has been attacked and once our callings are attacked We will be useless in the creation of God. Are you listening to me? Good. So now Paul is saying that should we continue to sing so that grace may abound? Then he later said, God forbid God forbid. The reason why God causes more grace to abound when we sing is so that at least we will not destroy our calling. You see, I don't know if you are getting the picture here. Meanwhile, some people read this verse of scripture and they say, eh, eh, when we sin, we, we receive grace. The grace, oh, the enemy is trying to deceive people for them to sin and keep sinning so that their lives will be destroyed. They don't know. They don't know what the grace of God is for. Are you Listening to me, that is why, as a child of God, let me give you a secret. This one Christ, not a secret, it's clear in the Bible. When you do what you are not supposed to do, let me see this: when you sing, receive grace, Lord. I receive grace to walk in my calling to destroy what this sin is trying to do to my destiny. And after receiving that grace, rise and walk. Go and fulfill destiny. And make up your mind that the grace of God will help you to overcome sin. Are you listening to me? Somebody said, Papa, please, are all sins equal? No. In fact, clearly in the Bible, there are two dimensions of sin. That's how the Bible puts it. The Bible calls it the sin that does not lead to death, and the sin that leads to death. The gift of so there the two main dimensions of sin in the Bible. The Spirit of the Lord came upon you. The Holy Ghost sent from heaven. When you read the book of First John. Chapter 5, verse 16. First John chapter 5, verse 16. He says, If any man sees his brother, sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not see that he shall pray for it. Let me read it from The NLT so that you understand it properly. He said, if you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray. And God will give that person life. But there is a sin that leads to death. And I am not saying you should pray for those who commit it. (laughs) All wicked actions are sin. But not every sin leads to death. Look at that. As if it is never... You see, some of you maybe are hearing this for the first time. You know, in your Bible. He says that when you see a believer sinning, a sin that does not lead to death. So what is the sin that does not lead to death? And what is the sin that leads to death? What what death is the Bible talking about here? I've already told you that when God actually speaks of death, He's speaking of two main things. The first one is separation from God and His purpose for you. And second, separation or moving out of the place or your dwelling place. When you move out of your dwelling place to another place, in a permanent move, it is called death. For example, we should understand that this body that we have is a place, it's a dwelling place. The Bible calls it an earthly house. It is a house. Are you listening to me? So when we say somebody is dead, it is either the person's spirit, soul, being has left his body, which is his house. So once you move out of your house, permanently, you are, you are called to be a dead person. And the other one, too, is when you disconnect from God. So it is possible for somebody's soul to be in his body and still the person will be a dead man. And that kind of death is when that person is separated from God and the purpose of God for his life. So every unbeliever is dead, but that kind of death is not as in their souls has, have left their bodies, no. That kind of death is the death, is the disconnection from God and His purpose. That one is what we call the spiritual death. It does not mean your spirit is dead, it means you are disconnected from God and His purpose. Once you are disconnected from God, you will not even know anything about purpose. Because every purpose is of God. Are you listening to me? Good. So when the Bible says somebody can sin a sin that leads to death, what does it mean? There is a sin that will make a man disconnected from God and his purpose. That is what we call the sin that leads to death. And that sin is actually called the sin of unbelief. When a person decides that he no longer believes in the Lord Jesus, Jesus is not God. Jesus did not come to this earth to die to save any human being. The very moment you believe that, you have sinned the sin that leads to death. This one will bring me to what we call once saved, forever saved. I believe some of you have heard of that before. yet that so long as you have believed in the Lord Jesus that is all. It is true. But if you lose your faith in Christ you are not saved anymore. Are you listening to me? Because the reason why you are saved is because your faith is in Christ. And the only way you can be unsaved is when you decide you don't have your faith in Christ again. Are you following? And I believe you all here, you you know that Jesus died for your sins and he resurrected for your justification. We all know that. Good. And we believed in our hearts and we confessed with our mouth the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you are saved if you die right now, even though you will not die now. <clears throat> but if you die right now, you will go to heaven. If heaven is your focus, there is a good place which is a resting place for your soul. Are you listening to me? So heaven is not the end, it is a resting place. It is like Lendador. <laughs> you are moving from Kumasi to, to Accra and you get to door it's a rest stop. You just go there to ease yourself, to buy some some, you know, yes, like it's like a transit. Buy some snacks, then after that, you continue your journey. That's that's how heaven is like. Oh. So if you think heaven at last you have been deceived. The last place we are going to be is called the New Jerusalem. In fact, that is us. Are you following? Heaven is not the end. No, no, no. That is why everybody who is dead and is in heaven... The day Jesus will descend, he will come with myriads of his saints. He will come with all of them. Paul will come with him. Moses will come with him. Everybody who is in heaven will come with Jesus. By that time, some of us will still be alive. Are you listening to me? if you if you go to heaven and you think that's where you are going to be forever oh no we wish you suck. we wish you kitty.
0: Hallelujah.
4: God willing, next month I'm going to start eschatology. I will, I will start and finish it by the special grace of God. And we are all going to understand from cring, cring to crank crying. Cring. You need to know your endo. though. Hallelujah. You see, in fact, that's one of the things that qualifies someone to be a pastor or a man of God, to be ushered into ministry. Are you listening to me? You need to know. There are certain basic doctrines you need to know. Well, you can't establish a church and you don't know matters of the end times. And the only thing you are following is just the gift that you can prophesy. That is all. Hey, that's a dangerous thing. And that's what many Christians are looking for. We have a lot of reverend doctors who do not know it, anything about you <laughs> We have some prophets and arch prophets. The only thing they know, they gather people, they pray, and they prophesy. That is not ministry, that is not ministry at all. Are you following? We need to be doctrinally sound. hallelujah so as you are here right now there is some there are many things you need to know when you read the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 the Bible spells out what we call the basic doctrines of Christ, the elementary teachings of Christ. they are the basic things we need to know are you following? He said, therefore, living the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation. So these are known as foundations. They are foundational doctrines you need to know in Christ. The first one is called repentance from dead works. I don't have the luxury of time to go into all these. The second one is what we call faith toward God. That every sinner must repent and have faith in Christ. The, the third one is what we call the doctrine of baptisms, not baptism, baptisms, plural. Because there are various baptisms in the Bible. We have the one that we immerse you in water, you need to know the meaning of that. Then we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They will also have the baptism of fire. Are you following? Hebrews chapter six, verse one downwards. Then we also have the doctrine of the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is a doctrine you need to know. They we have the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead, that at the end of it all, the dead will resurrect. So, the Bible says when Jesus is descending, the Lord Himself shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the last trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So, what we call the resurrection of the dead. When the Lord is coming, it is also a doctrine we need to know. Then, what we have called the eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. You need to know about that one too. There are a whole lot of issues surrounding these principles. That is the reason we have a lot of denominations. Because especially when it comes to eternal judgment, there are many pastors who believe that all human beings will will, will, will just be in one logo-logo line. And Jesus Christ will be calling our names one by one. Yes, Ben is come. Then there will be a screen. Then they will start showing a, a movie with your name as the title. Then they will be counting your good deeds and your bad deeds. Jehovah said, "You 50 good deeds in fifty-one, bad deeds forty-nine. Eh ye? I pass it. Come fashion. There are, in fact there are men of God who believe these things oh. men of God oh. so, <laughs> and the problem is many of us have believed these things we didn't take time to go into the word of God to check whether they were true or not so we have been deceived any so when when we have believed this thing for many years now so whenever somebody is quoting from the scriptures you will start fighting within yourself and that's how come they say some people are false teachers because you see according to the word of god there are two main judgments Picking it from the eternal judgment, there are two main kinds of judgments. The first one is what we call the Bema Seat of Christ. So we all, we all shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Hallelujah. In the book of Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse ten. Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse ten. Listen to what Paul said. He said, "For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ." And the word judgment there, the word judgment seat there is the word bema. So we must all appear before the bema seat of Christ. Now, the question is, who are the all that Paul is talking about? For you to know the all that Paul is talking about, you need to start from verse 1. So that you know the particular people that Paul is talking about. Now listen to what Paul is saying from verse 1. He said, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What Paul is trying to say is that if this your physical body is destroyed, we have another body. That body is called the building of God. The NLT says that, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and we leave this earthly body, people of God, I've been saying this and I want to say it again, this your body is a household, this body that you have is a house, it is called an earthly house, are you listening to me? So Paul is telling us that when we die, it means our earthly house has been dissolved. But Paul said, we have another house, which is another kind of body. It was not made with human hands. The reason why he's saying that is because this is your physical body. There is a human hand in its making. The human hand in its making is connected to your mother and your father. So it is either you look like your mother or your father. That is the reason why. If your mother and your father do not come together in intimacy, this body can never be formed. Are you listening to me? But there is another kind of body that Paul is talking about. It is the body. It is a building of God. It was not made with human (laughs) hands, It is God that made this body. It is eternal in the heavens. It is what we call the glorious body. So even though we might die and lose this physical body, we are going to receive another glorious body. And there is a day that we will receive that body. That is what Paul is talking about here. So everything we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse one downwards paul is actually talking about that body that we are going to receive from god are you listening to me so you can clearly see that paul is talking about christians here is that not so because when an unbeliever dies he cannot receive a glorious body he's going straight to hell but we we have a body It is God that has prepared this building. When I begin to talk about these matters, then something is kicking in my spirit. (laughs) You see, the word of God becomes so clear to you when you start talking from the end. I'm telling you. you. The picture becomes so clear. The problem we have is that we have thrown away the end and we are fighting to That's why today this man of God come and say, "Eh, there's an antichrist here, he's called Obama. The next day, Abba. So now Paul is talking about a glorious body we are going to receive. And in fact, that glorious body we are going to receive is the reward that the Lord Jesus will give to us the day he appears so when jesus appears and we are all going before him to receive that reward it is called we all standing before the judgment seat of christ are you listening to me so now the glorious bodies we are going to receive will not be the same they will be different and the reason why they will be different is because God will look at what you did with this physical body. And he will reward you with its own kind of glorious body. Are you getting the picture here? Okay into what you would do with the grace of God that has been given to you in this earthly body and do with this earthly body by what the Spirit of God is leading you to do, is that same way God will reward you for it. So listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. He said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he According to that, he had done, whether it be good or bad. He said, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. This is not about hell and heaven and hell matter. (laughs) Are you getting the point? So our glorious bodies will differ. Because Paul is talking about the glorious body from the beginning of this chapter. But he's, he's giving us a secret that whatever thing you do with this, your physical body, and amalw a reward when you stand before Christ. That is why he says that enonenniankuponbehesu, That is the true meaning of that scripture. Because if you don't do that, your reward will be too small. And that is when we will cry. Standing before the judgment seat of Christ. But I want to tell you something. That judgment seat of Christ, it is only Christians that will stand there to receive our reward. There is another judgment. It is called the white throne judgment. That one is for unbelievers. It's called the great white throne judgment. In the book of Revelation, In the book of Revelation chapter 20, yes, verse 11 and 12, he said, And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it, the earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. Unbelievers, humbetcher (laughs) one will say. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. And the sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Now, let me tell you something. Now, do you know that during this white throne judgment, the Bible says that the sea gave up its dead. It's not the physical sea here that he's talking about. no 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 no. When the Bible here speaks of the sea, he's actually speaking of first, the masses of people. Second, a dimension of hell that is in the sea. It is called the realm of the dead. This one, if you go to my message about hell you understand. And the Bible also said the grave will also give up the dead. So all those, when you read other versions, Revelation chapter 20, verse 13. Listen to how King James put it. He said, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead. That means those that are in hell will come out of hell. That should even let you know that hell is not a permanent place. Are you listening to me? Those in hell will come out of hell and stand before the one that is sitting on that great white throne to be judged. And it is after they have been judged that they will go to their permanent place, which is called the lake of fire. So the same way heaven is not a permanent place, hell is not also a permanent place. The permanent place for believers is called the New Jerusalem. The permanent place for unbelievers is called the Lake of Fire. So heaven and hell, these places are all, they are all temporal places. Are you listening to me? heaven is a beautiful place but the day God opens your eyes for you to see matters of heaven and you will be shocked especially the place known as the congregation of the saints you will be shocked though how that place looks like i wish i could say some things when 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 i start talking about the scatology we'll go into into those realms hallelujah Amen. So you see, as a child of God, you need to understand some of these things. That is why, even, even God bless you, my son. The prophet prays I'm Israel. Even David saw this one in the book of Psalms, and he said, unbelievers will not stand in the judgment." What he was saying was that he actually saw two different dimensions of judgment. One for believers, one for unbelievers. Do you know that when Jesus is descending, those who are dead in Christ will be the ones that will rise? Do you know that? He said, and those that are dead in Christ will rise first. That means those that are dead and did not die in Christ, they will remain dead. It is a Sano One who will Christ to Munu and Then they will join with those who are alive and are in Christ. And we all will be caught up together with them to join the Lord in the air, not in heaven. In the air. That's what many people call rapture. And to them, rapture means they will take you from the earth to heaven. There's nothing like that in the Bible. Well, read. So at that point, the unbelievers that died will still remain dead. That moment is not for unbelievers' matter. It is for those who are for the Lord. Radios. And when we read the book of Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-eight, when the Bible was talking about when when Jesus will be coming. There is a way. His coming is different. He's not coming for sinners. He is coming for those who are waiting for his appearing. Ah, they <laughs> say. So go read. Oh, verse here. Evangelist for It is appointed unto man to die once and after their judgment. Listen, Hebrews 9, 28, he said, But when we die, we will be face-to-face with Christ, the one who experienced death once for all to bear the sins of many. Hey, he's ready, yes. Also, we have verse 27, and enka have verse 28. We have fra 28, and we have verse 28. Who manna at So if when you hear that Jesus is coming, so now we hear this show, you have received the wrong message. Yet the immediate, I know. I'm telling you. Yet the immediate, that that being the backbone, the last trump of God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, as he is, so shall we be. Yet the immediate, O it is Penticus. what kind of what kind of attitude is that now let's read from verse 27 listen to what the bible he says. says every human being is appointed to die once and then to face god's judgment but when we die be face-to-face face with Christ, the one who experienced death once for all, to bear the sins of many. And now, to those who eagerly await him, he will appear a second time, listen to this part, not to deal with sin, but to bring us the fullness of salvation. <laughs> He's not coming to deal with sin again. Because he first came, the first coming to die for sins. The second appearing is not coming to do with sin. He's coming to complete our salvation. And the completing of our salvation is when we receive our glorious bodies. It's called the redemption of our bodies. that is our judgment as Christians. Are you listening to me, so the Bible said he's not coming to deal with sin again. Eh, I Which part of the Bible has that? Which part? Who See, you said, you say, you said, you said, you said, you free, you said, you said, you said, you said, not me ah, I'm telling you, that, there's nothing like that in the Bible. There's no verse like that. There's no verse like that. But you see, those times we all preached that same message. We had done broadcast, 4 a.m. It's
1: 4
4: a.m. floor. We had
3: a 4 a We We
4: listen to me in the sight of God eh, an unbeliever is not alive but you the believer in Christ you are alive I have a message on understanding the new covenant and the new testament you will be shocked the things that God has done for you you will be very shocked that they have not told you you will be so shocked When God began to release light, I say, hey. You'll be shocked how God, in fact, God himself, how he sees you. You'll be
0: shocked.
4: Many of us have have not come to the place of understanding how we look like. We don't know that when we believe in Jesus Christ, we have actually been placed in the shoes of Jesus. How God sees his son is the way he sees us. And let me tell you something. God entered into a covenant with Abraham many years ago. Our our grandfather, our great great grandfather. And the covenant that God entered with him, that covenant was so heavy that it brought Adam, Abraham, to a place where whatever belongs to God belongs to Abraham. That's a very heavy covenant. That's a very heavy covenant. And that's the new covenant that we have also experienced. Hallelujah. I want to give you a certain verse of scripture. Oh, Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 14 verse 19. After God had entered into a covenant with Abraham, few years after, Abraham had an encounter with a certain man called Melchizedek. The Bible said, This man is the king of Salem and the priest of the Most High God. He does not have a mother, neither does he have a father. Nobody knows where he came from until date nobody knew how he d- he disappeared from the earth now when abraham after having a covenant with god met melchizedek the bible said melchizedek brought forth bread and wine and he gave it to abraham and after that the bible said and he blessed him and said now listen to what melchizedek said concerning abraham the bible said and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed. Now, when you read it from the original Hebrew manuscript, what he's trying to actually say is that Abraham is the possessor of the heavens and the earth. Now, that's a very heavy statement. Now, we all know That Abraham did not create the heavens and the earth. We all know. But how come he's been given this heavy title, heavy accolade? Because he entered into a covenant with the possessor of the heavens and the earth. And that covenant speaks that whatever belongs to God belongs to Abraham. So now when you say Abraham is the possessor of heaven and earth, God understands because of that covenant. In fact, there is a place in heaven called Abraham's bosom. (laughs) Abraham's bosom is a place in heaven. Hey! What am I trying to say? We need light, else we will be deceived. I'm telling you. Those times we we used to live in fear. Hey. I remember I went to SDA church and a certain evangelist was preaching about end times. They nearly killed me. Hey. In fact, you saved that saved have you ever heard the message that all of a sudden you begin to doubt your salvation? We have them. say you bad. heaven
3: Let's
4: Oh. especially the matters concerning rapture so because a Christ would need what they, would they rapture mm-hmm. let's take it like there's there is a rapture mm-hmm. <laughs> that people will be caught up the question is who which people will be caught up which people see christians or specific christians because sometimes the way they preach the message, it makes it look like a net crystal full in Akra and a rapture. Non-be-kubi. Don't you hear that?
1: <laughs>
4: May the Lord help all of us. Amen. When the time is due, I oh, will surely start from the scratch. And we will end well to the glory of God. Hallelujah. I'm just talking about grace. And this is where the whole thing has landed us. But we should know the grace of God will speak for us. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Somebody said, ah, See, you have been set free. Mm. Someone said, Papa, I dreamt of the rapture. So, you are not the only one. We have dreamt of hell before. Hell. Let me help you. Is there any place called hell? Yes, there is. There is hell. There are certain things you need to understand about hell. Hell is very, very hot. But there is no fire there. Hell is very hot. But there is no fire. You need to understand these things. I would need to understand why the place is hot. And that one, I'm keeping it for the. Um, <laughs> I'm keeping it for the eschatological teachings. Hallelujah. Now, even those who do studies. Mm, Okay, let me ask you this question. Where is hell? Where is hell? In fact, the way the tree puts hell cry is the reason why many of us are confused. Bunsem Jim. No, Bunsem Jim is not hell. If you want to talk about Bunsem Jim and understand, then Bunsem Jim actually will be the lake of fire. And even that one, Christ is not. Bull, bull, some umoja, umoja. Satan has not created any hell, any 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 fire.
0: The gift of I see.
3: Are you listening to me? Upon
0: you.
4: Uh, no. sent from Let me help you with something. Let me help you. When when we're talking about the mystery God, I made a statement that God manifests in a greater dimension of fire. And this greater dimension of fire, fire is also divided into three main dimensions. The first one is smoke. The second one is heat. And the third one is light. Are you listening to me? Now, according to the will and the plan of God, the heat is actually supposed to be the works of the Spirit. The light is supposed to be the work of the Word of God or the Son of God. And the smoke is supposed to be the work of the Father now inside the smoke we see darkness two dimensions of darkness the first dimension of darkness speaks of the mysteries that surround God and his kingdom the second dimension of the darkness is the obscure darkness that God has placed Satan and his cohorts in as a punishment for light when I say punishment for light What I mean is that Satan actually was known as Lucifer. And the word Lucifer, which in in Hebrew means Heleon, which means the light bearer. So the guy was made for light. So whenever darkness comes, darkness is his punishment. It is like putting a mirror in darkness. Without light, a mirror is useless. So God has put Lucifer in darkness as punishment. He was made to shine light but God has not taken light away from him and he has placed him in darkness so darkness is his punishment we were also made as precious stones as clear as glass to reveal that light so whenever a man decides to follow the pathway of Lucifer he also joins him in darkness I don't even get in the picture now good. So what has been taken away from hell is light. And the heat actually was supposed to be the move of the spirit but then the spirit of the Lord has also left the heat. (laughs) So now there is the darkness of punishment there is the heat of torture there is no light. So whenever a man visits, if you have visited hell before, in its proper sense, you will know that the place is very hot and the place is very dark. These are the two main characteristics of hell. Darkness and heat. Are you following? Good. So, listen, child of God. I remember the the first time I had a proper experience of hell. The thing looked like a a suction force. I did it Something sucked me up. I sensed I was moving down. And I was passing through a tunnel. Very dark. I couldn't see anything. But once I was getting close to the place, I was feeling heat. But all of a sudden, a certain light appeared around me in the form of an eagle. That brought a certain kind of cold breeze around me. And I began to see that which was at the place. I didn't see any fire there. You will see smoke. You will see, you will sense heat. You will hear the voices of people screaming. Let me tell you something. Anybody that tells you that when you go to hell, demons will be beating you. Five strokes. Demons, this. That person is not serious. That person has not been to hell before. Are you listening to me? (laughs) because you see where the souls of unbelievers are is different from where demons dwell but they are all in heaven in, in hell sorry there are dimensions of hell there is a place called the realm of the dead that place is under the sea under the sea so hell is in compartments there is a place under the sea which is hell and there's also a place under the earth which is hell are you listening to me so there is a junction between the sea and the earth Whenever an unbeliever dies, he appears straight in the realm of the dead, which is under the sea. That place is called Hades, it is a part of hell. And the very moment the person goes there, there are certain things that take place over there, some judgments take place. It is not God that is judging. That kind of judgment is where you are you are moved by a certain force based on what you did with your life on this earth. And they will now lead you, the force will now push you out of the realm of the dead to a certain part of the under the earth dimension of hell where you are supposed to dwell. Now, when you go there, when you move from the realm of the dead and you enter into Under the earth, the dimensions of hell there, there are certain various realms. Witches, sorcerers, people that practiced occultism, people that had evil spirits dwelling in them, they have a place where they will be. There are natural people who just believed in science and did not believe in Christ. They also have a place where they will be. Are you listening to me? So when we die, when sinners die, or let me say when unbelievers die, witches and atheists will not be at the same place. No. There are compartments in hell. It is the same way there is a place in hell called Tartarus. Tartarus. That place is keeping what we call the Nephilim. The giants that lived on earth and taught men how to prepare bows and arrows and matchets and all those things there is a place in hell called tartarus that is where they have been kept you are going to meet nephilim there you are dead do you know these people (laughs) the bible said even as they are in tartarus they have been kept in chains because the chain, chainers who built <laughs> you don't know them. They have been, and in fact that place called Tartarus is more darker than the rest of the places. In fact, the place in hell that is dark, that, that is dark, but it's a bit not too dark, that maybe you can see the one standing in front of you is the realm of the dead, Asa. Tartarus is very dark. That place, human souls don't go there. No, 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 no. That place, the Bible said, the angels who did not keep their original estate have been kept in these places. And even the children that they gave birth to with women, the Nephilim, they have been kept in these places. Are you listening to me? I wish I could say some things, but let me keep quiet because some of you, it will stretch your mind. You will not, you will not understand it now. <laughs> Hallelujah. right. May the Lord bless us. It's already 2 11 p.m. The Lord bless all of us and keep all of us strong. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Right after here, I'm going to upload the message. You can go and download and be blessed. Next month, God willing, from the first of next month, we are engaging in eschatology. Hallelujah. Get your book and your pen. Only for eschatology. We are talking about the end times. Every verse of Scripture that they have used concerning end times will pick that scripture and we'll go into details on what the bible is actually saying hallelujah so get ready you need one one man i'm serious because some of them Hallelujah. The Lord will help all of us in the name of, I'm going to make a flyer for that. Yes. And we are going to go into the depth of the word of God. Amen. All right. The Lord bless us all and favor us. In Jesus precious mighty name amen we are going to have another meeting but then I have um, a certain moment that I will be a bit busy I don't know how far it will stretch to so please let us be active on the whatsapp platform we'll meet maybe by 7 p.m but then we should just be active on the whatsapp platform so that we can know the time we are going to meet the lord bless us and keep all of us strong in the name of the lord jesus amen i'm going to upload the message so please right after here you can go and download it. The Lord bless you and favor you all. If you feel led by the Spirit of God to release any seed, the number is 0240 312551. The Lord bless us all and keep all of us strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Shalom. Bye bye.
0: Can we dance? Can I show you a dance? Are you ready? Let's go. Everybody, do that. Jesse, 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 give them. Let's See. Yeah. worry what be your story He go sort you, he go sort you. Even for the birds and the fish in the sea, Baba God, He dey come through. He dey come through. Making no stress, you go there, alright. Alright. Don't give up. This day inside. inside. Oh, you move to the dance floor, shake your body and do your best move. See, make you no stress about what you go wear. Baba God, He go sort you, He go sort you. Even for the birds and the fish in the sea, Baba God, He dey come through. He they come, through. He they come through. You go there, alright. Alright. Don't give up. Think the inside. inside. Oh yeah, move to the dance floor. Check your body and do your best move. Do your best move. Ready? You don't feel that vibe. Feel that vibe. For eight. You don't feel that vibe. Just for a. You don't feel that, feel that vibe. You don't feel that vibe. Oh. J C. J C. You don't feel that vibe. You don't feel.